Hello, my name is John Russos, and this is a toast to my naivety. It's all brought to you by the Here's My Thing podcast. This is episode two of 10, Coffee, S-H-O-P-P-E. Enjoy. I want it to be clear that before I found the coffee S-H-O-P-P-E and after my stay at what is the now social infirmary, I tried my writing luck at a couple of other places. The first was just another cafe a bit farther away, so much so as to make driving acceptable. It's run by a man who has more hair on his face than he does on his head, and he's tall, maybe 6'3". And with invasive, piercing blue eyes, he would stare down at me to ask if I had any preferred dairy alternatives. He would wear the thick-collared utility tees with sleeves that stopped at his elbows, accentuating his forearms, which I think must have been chiseled out of pure concrete, and the way his veins drove down them like the intersecting 5, 405, 605, 10, and 210 freeways. I'm still not sure where he got his intensity from, but something tells me that it came from the consistent doses of espresso, the way he would touch his lips to a tiny porcelain teacup every 15 minutes, that or maybe the stresses in running a small business. At any moment, he seemed like he would snap on me, and for reasons that wouldn't necessarily warrant an outburst. Like if I were to ask him something about what country a bean was from one too many times, he might cock back a right hand and break my nose, letting me lay there puddling in my own blood while he'd foam at a latte. And then maybe a little later, realizing what he did was wrong, he might put some breathing techniques to practice, lower his pulse rate, and, and help me up while referring to me as brother. And then he'd clarify that the beans are from Guatemala and that he could package some up for me for a nice bargain of $34. It was the overall energy of the shop and how it didn't have walls, but just tall windows that steered me away. It's the early fall, and the sun still strong, so strong that it would invade the cafe's privacy from sometimes four to six hours a day. It would force people to squint and slide on fake Ray-Bans indoors. It would glare into my computer screen, and in doing so, it would pull the tarp back on a field of dust mites. And when this would happen, I could hear my sinuses start to scream and flood. And, and when they do this, I'd start to heat up. And then I would let the side of my face field a couple bullets of sweat. I'd panic. And then I would get out of my seat and I would call out to the other members of the cafe. I would ask for a Claritin or a fucking um, a Zyrtec or the one that starts with an A and an, an Allegra too, please. Something, please. I would say that. I would say that. And then some of them heroes, they would stand up and they'd volunteer their supplies. But then I would add the caveat, just please, nothing off-brand. I want big label, authentic, Real deal stuff, nothing off-brand, please. And when I would say that, they'd sit back down and, and duck their heads in shame for choosing the more fiscally responsible option, leaving me to sniffle and itch for the rest of my stay. That happened two times. Two times too many. And so, I tried another place. This time across the river, down at City Center, on the eighth floor of a luxury hotel. And it was on the eighth floor of this hotel that there was a sort of atrium. It served as a lobby, lounge, bar, and grill, and it was decorated with mid-century modern furniture and other pieces of expensive but debatably indistinguishable art. In the bar and grill, by the way, it was really more of an espresso bar and bar and grill. They readied the coffee classics but also held Coors Light on draft. They crafted cocktails and served things like hush puppies. The hush puppies and oysters, they had chicken wings too, and they tossed them in the buffalo, habanero, even lemon pepper sauces, but I wouldn't eat when I was there. The food looked incredible, but I wouldn't eat 
I would, however, I would treat myself to the fancier water that they had on tap. It was the fancier complimentary water. It was the kind that sits with ice and mangled pieces of second choice fruit, never the common ones. And more often the pears, the dragon fruits, even bell peppers. It really was exceptionally pleasant. Almost too pleasant. The air, it was conditioned. All the people were attractive in the couches. Well, they looked like those that get no action in homes or something that people use to suppress insecurities. They really were comfortable and so comfortable that often I'd sit down to start a paragraph, then wake up 35 minutes later with sweat percolating at my brow and one of the hostesses from the espresso bar and bar and grill asking me if everything was okay. And she was beautiful. She had long legs and big Cabernet colored lips and she'd always wear these floral dresses that couldn't have been more than a few millimeters thick in her hair. It was always pulled back by one of those clamping clips and she had bangs that you'd quicker see in a 90s sitcom. She passed me a towel to dab at my brow and ask, can I get you anything to drink, uh, still or sparkling water? And each time I take a moment to collect myself, then say, um, uh, sparkling would be nice. She'd hold a look of concern as if I was a wounded baby deer limping on the side of some forgotten forested road. Lemon, she'd follow up. And each time I'd nod. It took me a few days, a few naps, and many ounces of the bubblier water to realize that the eighth floor of that hotel wasn't a working environment, but more somewhere for me to lounge when I'm feeling glamorous, which eventually led me to finding this coffee, S-H-O-P-P-E. It's about a 20-minute walk from my apartment. I pass a school, an empty office building, an up-and-coming grocery store, a plaid pantry, and a karate studio on my way there. And after my walk, once I'm inside, I almost immediately chuck my belongings at an empty booth, if there is one. They are substantially less comfortable. They're quite literally made of vertical and horizontal pieces of unforgiving plywood. They do form a bit of a barricade from the rest of the store. It's the pseudo-solitude that puts them in high demand, making the larger selection of tables and chairs the more available option. And, and the tables and chairs, along with being out in the open, exposed to all sorts of background noise, they seem to come from whatever universe the Smurfs come from as my laptop overflows on it. If I hit the backspace button too hard, that might mean upending the machine entirely. And, and so for this reason, I usually see myself to the bar, which might be the worst place in the shop to sit. Because if you sit at the bar, you sit next to the shop speakers, which seemed to only play lo-fi house. And I suppose that wouldn't be that big of a problem if they didn't play it so damn loud. It was so loud as to compensate for the hissing that comes from the espresso machine. And honestly, that alone is loud enough to drown out the baristas and barbacks from banging metal utensils everywhere. Sometimes I wonder if they're actually making coffee or if they're sneaking an extra practice for their role in a drumline routine. And the bar, it also provides a front row seat to the frequently painful small talk that the cashier and other patrons have. And you know what, actually, I'm going to backtrack really quick. I'm going to backtrack because I can't say I hate this part too much. It's more intriguing anyway. It's intriguing because the man behind the register more often than not is the manager. And this manager looks like Orlando Bloom if Orlando Bloom wasn't into acting, but instead into fixing up older Subarus and leather-bound sandal tans. I don't think he actually takes his hair to the barber as much as he just chops at it with a hatchet and his goatee. It looks like it's sleep strangled by a piece of elastic the way it curves and contorts, but it's so... 
it's it's so thick. Like it's like he snipped off the tail of an unsuspecting mule and then hot glued that to his bottom lip. And I say intriguing because this man wears so much corduroy. I've only seen him in corduroy, and he has a very high pitched voice too. Something that he doesn't shy away from as he talks loud, only knowing a volume that catches the newer customers off guard. It, it's very hard to miss on its own, and even more so considering how busy the shop gets. The shop carries a great deal of buzz over what is a apparently newly minted beverage, their sarsaparilla latte, sarsaparilla, it's a primary flavor in what most of us know to be root beer. And as if this place wasn't Pinterest friendly enough with their oil stick scents and array of plants, the way their floor runs with checkered black and white tiles and how they sell artisanal salt at the register, they also showcase this sarsaparilla latte. And trust me, it's very photogenic. It holds a color in the body similar to grandfather khakis, while the top it's decorated with some drops of a blackberry extract and the blossom bulb of a calla lily. I haven't ordered it yet because I don't believe in $9 coffee. Still, to reject its clout in the neighborhood would be ignorant. I've been at the shop for a few days and, and already I've heard the term, the camera drinks first eight times from people in those Indiana Jones hats. Really, the whole place, it's a its a conjunction of color-coordinated Instagram chaos, but then you have to factor in the tireless repetition and the bristles from the manager's facial hair, and that brings forward a weird sort of balance. It's extra, it's monotonous, all in the same breath. I'm reminded of it each time the manager calls out the drinks, the way he says, sarsaparilla latte for Shaughnessy. And each time he does this, I watch him. I watch him. I'm waiting for him to break into an expression that screams, what the fuck is sarsaparilla? Sarsaparilla. Here's an idea. Root beer latte. Root beer latte. Root beer latte. It's a root beer latte. Sarsaparilla. But he never sinks as low as my imagination. He just passes them their drink, gives them a nod, then bangs out the exhausted espresso bits into the trash. <laughs> 